estate as a real estate agent or as a petitioner is finding an attorney or an attorney service to help you through the process. My experience is 90% of customers are dissatisfied with the attorney at the end of the probate. And why is that? A lot of reasons why. Part of it is a lack of relationship, part of it is lack of understanding. And part of it is I think a lot of the attorneys don't specialize in probate, which caused me to search for people who do, number one. Number two, a lot of probate geographically is spread out. And so when you do business like I do in Los Angeles and people have another property in another state that needs to be probated, how do you find somebody in the other state? How do you assist your client? How do you assist the attorney? Well, one answer that, that I've used is the probate division of trustandwill.com. Trust and Will, we've had on the show before as a service uh, that I think real estate agents should use to promote their customers, to help them with estate planning to avoid probate and the other advantages of having the estate plan. We had the founder on that one time. We've also had on the call in the past, this company that, that we're having today, but they were independent and Trust and Will bought them. Now they're the probate division of trustandwill.com. I'm really excited to have on our call today, one of the leads of that group. He'll tell us his actual title. I forget it. I know it's important. Uh, Connor Greenbaum. Connor, thank you for joining us from trustandwill.com's probate division. Absolutely, Bill. Thank you for having me. A pleasure to be here. Um, my formal title is uh, Senior Probate Consultant Team Lead, and uh, I manage a team of folks whose job is to speak to people all day long that are navigating probate, unsure of what their next step is, and have come to us to get some clarity on that. And so not only do you manage other people that do that, but you also are in conversation with petitioners or potential petitioners regularly, right? I know I've talked to you yeah. and you're in discussion with them on a regular basis too, or have been in the past at least. Indeed, yeah. Um, all day, um, five days a week, really. We're speaking to people, um, as, like I mentioned, my team as well is, um, but we are spending lots of time really hearing from folks um, in the beginnings navigating probate. You made an idea, how would you describe what is the goal or what niche does uh, Trust and Will that comes probate department or probate division, what do they do different than other participants in the marketplace? Well, I would say, you know, we cover a pretty broad swath of the market. Um, we're really a forward-looking company. We've built in-house technologies that allow us to complete the paperwork involved in the process. So think the TurboTax of probate. People will come to us, you know, they, they a lot of times are curious if they need to use an attorney. Um, and so many of them want to hear from us what the path would be and how we can help. So our organization will consult them on that do all of the paperwork involved in the process and then guide them through the process at whatever level of support they need. Now, I, I asked the question, but the tr in true full disclosure, I've referred business to your company. So I've worked with you as a realtor where my clients or prospects work with you. I'm also working with you as a customer in a sense where I'm the petitioner administrator in a state. So I'm actually seeing from behind the scenes the paper, which is giving me a lot of the insight to that. So my purpose of sharing this, of sharing you today with my listeners and followers is really realtors across the country. If you're in discussion with people who are uh, looking to um, petition for probate, my experience is many times they'll say they have it handled. They they think they're going to handle it, and then they talk to the attorney, and the fees are too high, or the customer service is not really there. And that's where you have the opportunity now to have a service that will help solve their problem and put you in the seat with them of, of solving the problems. One of the problems is ge geography. Connor, where, 
where do you guys service? What, how many of the 50 states are you able to um, help customers file for probate? I think we're somewhere north of 25 states, um, but I can tell you specifically, we cover 80% of the population of the United States. So it sounds like California, Illinois, Florida, Texas, Michigan, Correct. New York. Yep. So the main one, Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. So those are the most, the most common that I deal with as far as real estate agents and the real estate business we deal with. So 80% of the population, that's an interesting statistic to be aware of. Now, and I know you guys go th have gone through a little bit of a transition. So help me understand, is it a, is it a TurboTax discount? Is it, like I use QuickBooks, but I also use QuickBooks online where they have an accountant that I pay maybe more than I would to QuickBooks, but less than I might with an accountant. You have a similar relationship with an attorney. So is the focus, mm -hmm. the self-help is the focus on the attorney portion. How do you guys position your offering today to customers? Well, I'd say we position it that we'll meet you where you want to be met. And so in the states you just mentioned and, and others, we have those three tiers of service. People come to us, they're confident that they can handle the process. Maybe they've done it before. That we would call that the self-guided plan that they would use. Do all the paperwork, give them written instructions, off they go to, to navigate probate. Um, they do come back to us as they need more paperwork though. If they'd like a dedicated specialist to be assigned to their case, so someone who can hold their hand as they walk, as they move through probate, who can get them unstuck um, as they're kind of navigating or if they have questions, the concierge plan allows, a, allows for that to happen. And then if someone really does want an attorney, so they've decided that they, they don't wanna do this on their own, a dedicated specialist is, is nice, but they really want legal strategy and legal guidance. We can partner, we have partners across a lot of the different states we work in. They, um, review the case, they meet with the customers. And then in addition to the attorney, we have that dedicated specialist who will do even more administrative tasks, such as the filing, such as the publication in the newspaper and mailing notices to family. So I have on the screen, the three different options from your website, uh, all three say payment plans. So let's talk about what that means. If I'm starting and I want to start on the self-guided method, what is the, the, the payment process for me to get started and get through that process? Yeah, so for the self-guided, it's a flat fee of $600. You can pay it up front if you'd like to get started, or we have flexible monthly payments that you can do. There's a okay. variety of options, two months, six months, even out to a year. Got it. Concierge, $1,750, how much up front am I paying? Same same price or same um, pro, or style where it's $1,750 up front, or there's payment plans available. And then lastly, the attorney fee, $5,000. How does that one work? Same uh, model there. So there's the, you can pay $5,000 up front. And again, it's, there's no hourly charges. There's no retainers, no percentages of the estate. It's a flat fee, 5,000. So you can pay that up front or you can do a monthly payment option. I believe it's 24 months. Um, so it comes out to like $250 a month. Now in Andy's plans, the petitioner still has, in many cases, additional costs. There might be filing fees publication fees, service and things like, you know, service fees and things like that. So do you have an idea what, what's the cost to a consumer to go through this and the self-help at 600, how much more might they need to budget in order to be uh, on track with all the process? Yeah, absolutely. It really depends on the state you're in. So if you're in Texas, you could expect another maybe $1,200 in fees, California, uh, maybe around there. Again, it depends on if there's real estate and you need to have a probate referee come out to do an appraisal. 
But if you're in maybe New York, you're looking at only a few hundred dollars in additional fees. Got it. Hey, well, this is just a quick, some housekeeping. This is probateweekly.com. We do it every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We live stream it on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you're watching uh, live, we'd love to have you participate. Uh, raise your hand, put a question in the chat box. I'm gonna try to be up to date with those. If you're watching on the live streams as well, YouTube, Facebook, I'm monitoring those chat, those chat rooms as well. Feel free to put comments there, or if worst case is after the fact, if you're watching the recording, I'll catch up with you later in the week when I when I get down to those questions. Really excited to have Connor Rimbaum, somebody who I work with, who I refer cases to. I work with as a customer, not as a customer, I work with one as a um um well where i'm the in essence the customer i'm i'm the uh filing the estate on behalf of, i'm the administrator on behalf of the estate so it's kind of fun to work that one on the other side so kind of how'd you get into this when you were a young guy you know these people sit around the play playroom in the kindergarten i want to be an nba basketball player i want to be a pilot and you say i want to do probate uh self-service website stuff was that your dream as a kid yeah uh yeah ever since i was little <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a funny story. I, uh, finished school, uh, went to business school, um, found myself working in commercial construction, um, on business, the business development side of things. And then just decided I wanted to explore tech. So I actually stopped, paused that career or really pivoted and learned how to be a software developer. So I spent about a year of my life learning how to engineer, build websites, applications. And then I got hired in an agency that would was doing that. And the owner very quickly pulled me out of development and into basically being his right hand into sales and running the business development program. And our agency actually built the platform that Easy Probate, which was the company um, before Trust and Will acquired it, uh, we built their tech platform, which is still the platform we're using now. So um, I got to know the founder and, and just got into the business that way. Got it. And so here you are, and it continues to grow. And I know the company, I know Trust and Will has done real well. One of the questions we have already from an active practitioner, um, how do we reach a live person? I tried, couldn't get a live person, but I got an email almost every day trying to sign me up. So um, what's the process for, I, I guess there's two different questions there. One is, if you are a petitioner or a prospective petitioner, how do they talk to somebody? And then second, if you're a real estate agent looking to partner or refer some business, what's the process there? So for an individual who wants to explore like a, a probate consultation, um, you would go to our website, go to the probate landing page, and you'll see a button that says schedule free consultation. It will ask you a few questions to get a sense for if you'd like to do this um, at, for as little as possible and have a very small, simple estate, and that'll push you towards a group consultation or webinar that I do three days a week. Or if you answer the questions where you're looking for you know, more expert help, it'll send you to a one-on-one -on -one consultation. And that's where you'll speak with myself or someone on my team about the situation. It's a great way to come in, even if you are a real estate agent, maybe who's, um, if you have a client in mind, you can have that consultation with them on the line. And if you're looking for something more, you have a lot of clients. I mean, Pete, I think that was your comment. I would be happy to um, connect with you outside of this. I've got your email here in the chat. And that's how I got involved with you was I had a client and I did the call with them and kind of learned your process 
this goes back about a year or two, or maybe I guess longer now I think about it. I was in New York. So I think that must've been pre-COVID even maybe three years ago, but that's how I started the process with learning about how you guys did it and watched it. And um, I think the thing that, that um, we have to be aware of is always there's a balance between cost and service. And you, you know, you want to give good value, which is a good combination of the two, but you can't give the Nordstrom service at the Walmart price. You have to find a way to find the appropriate combination of the two. So you, I know as a company, that's one of your challenges always is you want customers to have good service, but you also have to be mindful of staffing levels and such. How do you, you're the team lead, how do you kind of monitor that, whether or not you're getting satisfied customers, giving enough attention, but at the same time, you guys got to be busy. You can't sit around waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah, so we are really trying to, for the consultation team, really focus our efforts to people who want the higher tiered service. And so we'll speak with them. And, and then we created a webinar for people who are really interested in just, you know, they want to do it themselves. They have a good plan and they don't really want the one-on-one -on -one consultation. So it allows us to spend our energy on the folks that really do want that much more white glove experience. And the more of those plans that we can essentially sell, the more we can help everyone. And that's you know, kind it, of the... And, and it sounds harsh, but I have to say as a practitioner, I have the same challenge where there's certain people who don't want anybody to get a penny from them, but they want to ask a lot of questions and get a lot of service. And there are times I have to say, you know, there's a limit to what I can do. You can come onto my call, to my training, my videos, you can text me, but I can't do an hour long training on how to fill out forms if you're not a client, right? right. If you're gonna sell the house yourself, then I really can't spend the time and help as much so you know you have to balance that and not be a bad person so you know you have the you guys have that challenge also yeah. so, and i'll mention too just to add on to that we have an implementation team and a member support team trust and will is extremely customer centric so while my team may not be able to answer the questions up front if people do take the plunge and sign on for one of our lower tier plans there are a lot of resources in place for them nonetheless well, and that's the other thing I, I know when you guys got acquired by them, I was excited because I had worked with Trust and Wills referred to me through my wealth management company. And I know they're a high touch, high service company. And I know as a result, you guys were to a degree. Now I don't use Trust and Will. I already had one set up, but I know the quality of service you guys give to be referred by that company is real high. And Trust and Will has you under their brand. They can't afford to not have happy customers, right? That's, that's, that's just not going to happen. I, I, and I know your founder is just not going to happen. So it's important yeah. to be done. So let's talk a little bit about though. I think there's oftentimes one of the challenges is misunderstood expectations. Customers expect things to happen more quickly, expect things to uh, cost less. Where do you see the biggest misconceptions when people start the process that you have to explain to people over and over again? Well, probate's tough. It is a very emotionally driven um, experience for people. I witnessed it for my own uh, mom go through it. She went from a, being a very level-headed individual to just out of her mind, frankly. And they were just settling the estate of my grandfather. He had a trust. He had all the right things in place. Uh, so people, I would say getting started, people have this expectation that they're, they're already sort of a lot of anxiety on the table. They are about to get most likely the largest windfall of their life. So there's a lot at stake here. And people want it to move very quickly they want it to be over with so that they don't have to deal with it and they want to inherit um you know what's coming to them without doing any of the formalities or the process so i think the biggest 
expectation setting is at the very beginning saying, this is likely going to take a year. And if something takes a day or two, or even if a court hearing gets pushed or continued, it's not the end of the world. If anything, it's, it's part of this normal, what we call a normal probate process. The case that I have with you guys, uh, we filed and uh, I want to say mid uh, May, a couple of weeks, a week ago, maybe. So maybe early May and the San Diego probate court gave us a hearing date of September 24th and the other, the errors kind of flipped out and like, you know, you tell the judge, you're not happy. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just, that's just probate. It's a, it's a process. And I think that's why I met trust was I want my customers to avoid probate because it's a grind, right? It is a difficult process. It is an exacting grind of a process. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I mean, just to hear that the court set a, a hearing in September, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. There's no way to speed up you know, the wheels of justice, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And people definitely, they want to know why that's the case. And uh, this case, actually, this was bad on the clients in that we took too long to file. We took, we, it's funny, because the same people complaining took three or four months to return paperwork. These were errors that allowed us to file the proper the file properly. Had they responded in January, we would have had a May date or maybe February, March, the court was, I know the courts generally have longer lead times in the summer as employees take vacations, judges take vacations, staff takes vacations. That's the case for sure in LA. But here's a case where I try to explain to customers, you can never get the time back. You know, you can, well, it's not really a big deal. Well, now I'm ready to move forward. Okay, well, you're ready to move forward, but the rest of life isn't ready to move forward. And that's why you got to move quickly, I think. And I try to explain to people, I work on realtor time. We do things every day. Whereas attorneys in courts are kind of like, well, we'll get to it next week, week after. <laughs> and realtors are like, what? Next week, week after, it doesn't work that way. So I, I, I definitely want to say that uh, while it was disappointing that the court put out so long, the truth is, in this case, the customer um, really brought it on themselves. And, and I think you can't say that to them, but between me and you, uh, that's that's really the case. Um, got another question from uh, Emanuela, Emanuela out of South Atlanta, as opposed to Atlanta, I guess. In South Atlanta, Emmanuel, is that the good part or the bad part? South Atlanta, uh, just kidding. She says, "How do you tell? How do you determine if a customer should be using uh, will and trust?" I'm not sure what. Um, I'm not sure what that means. It, it, if um, is a realtor track to experience the service themselves, so we can promote referrals to oh, uh, first has, the company's trust and will. So the question is, I guess she's asking is, how do I determine if a, if a client should come to trust and will? Let me answer that. And then I'm going to ask you, Connor, from your experience in the market. Mm -hmm. As a real estate agent, I work with a lot of attorneys who do probate. And I think for some customers, that's the right alternative. Some want an attorney that I can refer to, that I know that there's a relationship with that I can connect. Um, but, and, and I would say certainly the more litigious and more complicated cases I belong with an attorney who's a specialist and knows the area and and wants to do those particular things. When a customer's more routine administration filing and, and such, number one, or number two, geographically, I don't know an attorney in that area. That's where I have trust and will as my resource to go to to refer some business to. Last week on this call, we had the probate pro, who really is an attorney to attorney referral. My attorney clients. You have a case and somebody has to follow a probate in Michigan, maybe they would 
to go to probate pro to file through another attorney in Michigan. But as a realtor, one solution would be I can help my client by referring them to trustandwill.com. I'm still connected with them. And it might be a case where a customer has property in LA and another house in Michigan or Florida or Texas that requires second probate. So let me ask you, Connor, where do you think probate, uh, Trust and Will's probate division fits in the marketplace in competition with attorneys? When should a customer or realtor should be looking to you as opposed on every case or are there particular niches that you think you guys uh, perform better in? Yeah, you definitely touched on it with, we are well set up for a straightforward probate where everyone in the family gets along. We're not there for matters of litigation. And so when that's the case, you really should ask yourself, do you want to pay an attorney for filling out paperwork and doing things that you probably could do on your own, like filing the documents? So in a lot of states, I mean, in Georgia particularly, um, you could do probate for $1,750 as opposed to, so keep it under $2,000 versus using an attorney, which may be starting at $5,000, depending on the circumstance. So I think in situations where you're willing to do some more of the work and it will save you several thousand or many thousands of dollars, we're a great fit for that. Yeah, I know for me, it was a particularly good fit in that it's almost like a paralegal service. I don't want to fill out the forms and, and I could fill them out. I could file them online. I have a service I use for filing and such, but it was so much easier to get them filled out, sent to me e-signed, and then I get conforming copies. And then I got a copy mailed to me, which was nice too. I remember I was kind of surprised in the mail. Oh, trust and will come. What is this? Oh, those are documents you filed. I know we filed them online, but as a customer, it's nice that I got a copy in the mail as well. And so I'd say that it, uh, doing that extra work uh, makes a lot of sense. I think geographically, out of the area makes sense. Okay, another, yeah. just a quick reminder, I want you guys to feel free to ask questions if you're on the chat. Um, uh, Facebook, uh, you're using, so glad somebody doing this. Well, my pleasure, glad to help out you guys. And that's what we're here for. This is meant to be a mastermind where we work together to help each other be more successful uh, in this business. Um, so I think you, we kind of answered this, but obviously she's asked the question, so we didn't answer clearly enough. Um, Emmanuel is saying, is our realtor track to experience the service themselves so that we can promote referrals to trust and will? And I would say, Emmanuel, number one, my hope is this call gives you some of that introduction. Number two, if it's regular business, I say, you know, you can reach out to Connor. But when you have, you know, try one. What I did when I started was, I, you know, I, I was frustrated. I referred clients to unstandard cases to attorneys. I didn't get the service that I thought I wanted. I didn't get the connection with a customer that I wanted. And I found them and referred them cases. And by holding the customer's hand, I watched what was going on. That's how I learned. Uh, Connor, what would you recommend to a realtor who is in the business, gonna do some of this business occasionally, but wants to feel comfortable before they hand somebody over to you? How should they feel comfortable to, besides watch this video, what else could they do to give yeah. themselves that comfort? Yeah, I mean, to your point, Bill, getting your hands dirty is the best way. Um, going through the process. If to, I think a good part or a good starting point for interacting with Trust and Will would be to have a consultation with our team. Um, if you go again, schedule a free consultation, you'll hear direct, you could sit down, we can talk, go through your case in detail, make sure I really understand your whole situation and empower you to speak smartly about the probate process to your client. Um, and then if you want further validation that we trust pilot is a website where we have over 2500 reviews uh, on our company 
you can take a look at some of those or see some of the partners like ARP that we work with. And you guys take that very seriously. You guys are really on top of the reviews. Um, yeah. Matthew, Matthew Price, who's an auctioneer and a realtor, I think you're in North Carolina, if I remember right, Matthew. Is that correct? Yeah. So he asked what states you're in. They're in we asked that. We're, he's in about 25 states currently that handles about 80% of the U.S. population. Is one of the states, Connor, in North Carolina? So it is. North Carolina's a little tricky. We're um, in the process of, yeah, in the process of getting a, a attorney partner in that state. So in a lot of the states like Oklahoma, Texas, um, Illinois, in some cases, that lean toward having an attorney, Kentucky, North Carolina, it's really important that we really understand the state process there. We find a partner who's really knowledgeable and lets us know what we need to do, because there's different insurance things that we have to look at in, say, Illinois or certain, um, you know, speaking with the bar in North Carolina. So to answer your question, we operate in I think it's, it's somewhere over 25, it's 80% of the population. So like not in Idaho, for instance, at the moment, not in Wyoming, um, but the plan is to expand that pretty aggressively over the coming year so that at some point we are in all 50 states. Nice. Um, laws allowing. Uh, okay. And yeah. But North Carolina is one of them. So uh, Matthew, there you go, uh, could help you, could. Uh, and I think Matthew, you're also an auctioneer, right? So uh, it's a whole nother, another piece to that puzzle. Um, and how about, do you know trust and will? Do you know what states or how many states they operate in separately? We're going to have an actual, when you're calling somebody. Yeah, we're going to have somebody from the state planning on this call in about another three or four weeks to talk about the state planning product. But do you know, are they in all 50 states or are they? We're in, I think, a lot, um, like more closer to 50 than we are on the probate side. I'm pretty sure there's a handful of states that have weird laws, like Louisiana might be one of them because they have they're under French law still or something to that effect. But um, I think for them, they're very close to 50. We still owe France a, a payment or something on that deal, I guess, something like that. Okay, good, good. Um, thanks. So um, I think I think we're up to date on questions. So let me go back to. So let me ask you if. You no doubt. I know you work with real estate agents. You work with me. You work with other ones as well. Um, if you had a friend who was going to be a real estate agent and wanted to work in the probate space and wanted to, you know, learn how to bring value to their clients as well as be successful, what would you recommend that that real estate agent to do different than the ones that you've come across? That that I should say different than the ones that aren't as good as me. The ones that uh, how would you advise them to be successful in the space of real estate if they want to focus in probate real estate? I think what I've seen is you really have to be pretty broad in the services you offer people. So not only are you selling their house, but you're getting the junk car to the driveway. You're getting the boiler turned back on at the home. You're maybe getting them an inheritance advance. I think it becomes a much more full service type of arrangement because in probate, you're maybe dealing with a, an heir who's trying to become the petitioner or the executor. And maybe they don't live in that state. They're coming to you from far away. So they need you to do things boots on the ground that they can't. Um, they also might, may need you to, you know, there's some grief counseling components to this most likely because you have to keep the process moving and right. it can really get bogged down. So I, I think broadly speaking, it's knowing the laws in the state to keep the process moving, but also being a Swiss or a, a jack knife of, of all the different traits. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, um, uh, offering different services, obviously, you know, my client is your client. We try to work that as a, as a team. Um, 
are there occasions that we overstep our bounds or are you saying pretty much whatever the customer needs our jobs take care of it and you're okay with that as the as the consultant on the probate side of it i think from our perspective there's always some um privacy concerns right and so it's difficult for us at the moment we're not set up for a third party to basically liaison with us on behalf of the client we need the right. client to speak directly to us if they want to bring you to a meeting you know i think that's that's fair game but where we have to draw the line is around confidentiality of just legal matters and legal process so that's one of the things that there's a little different i will say working with them having done it is they're a big company big company means big target on their back uh, and there's people who's looking to complain or, or sue for in this case privacy so whenever you talk to somebody else a third party about their their service there's restrictions i, I literally just got off the phone with an attorney on another matter where he was disclosing me a little information that maybe he should not have some was public information some was not whereas you guys are always a little more careful i i think properly in that regard and so it's kind of learning where those limits are and working with them i think is really important uh, on the flip side i think that um um when helping the customer walk through your process meaning i've had customers who get emails and they have to do's or they have paperwork to fill out I think my job there is more to prep the customer and say, listen, if, if email me or forward it to me, let me help you with this stuff. I'll help you frame the question to the trust and will person because they're, you know, I can be the glue that works because my job is communicating with customers on signing paperwork. So for everybody who works with them, I would say, put yourself in that position of being kind of the glue between the two, make that relationship work better. Now you're creating value for your customer, you're creating value for the vendor, in this case, trustandwill.com. Um, you mentioned in passing, um, well, let me go back to the same subject. So soft skills, how important is it to be sensitive? I don't know that I would consider myself a grief counselor. What I would say is I am sensitive to the fact who I'm dealing with and how I speak about the decedent on the person in the past. How important are those soft skills? Uh, what do you go through? What does your team go through to prepare yourself to be effective when talking to people? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, I think it, it comes down to having a lot of patience and giving people space, um, people, they, they're there because they need your help. Um, and your job is to kind of move them through the process. Um, so you don't want to, you know, metaphorically get down and, and cry with them, but you want to pick them up and keep them going. So right. I think what we look to do is as a team, be very, very, um, we acknowledge what they're going through but also kind of lay out, well, now this is the journey we're going to go on together to get you, you know, through this so that it's right. something that is a distant memory. Right. I like your metaphor. We don't get on the ground and cry with them. I try to think of myself as a soft hand on the, on the small of their back, encouraging them, lightly supporting them, but not pushing them, right? Because I don't want to push them or pull them. We can't really do that. It doesn't really work, but we do want to be there for them to say, feel like they're being supported is kind of how I look at that. Um, you mentioned in passing about in advanced inheritance. That's the area that I work a lot in personally. I think it's an underdeveloped piece of the relationship between the realtor and the petitioner. How active do you see that as you're in your company? How common are inheritance advances and what role, if any, do you guys play in that process? Yeah, so we are 
Currently, I'm not sure how active we are, as my team really handles before they sign on with us. Um, but I know we're actually looking to engage um, some of these companies in more of like a formal partnership so that we can really offer that, especially once someone has letters. Um, once they're appointed over the estate, we right. would love to be able to say we can we can have your inheritance paid out now if you do it through an advance. So I'd say the currently it's um, it, it, in the near term should be expanding pretty greatly. Got it. Okay, good. Um, so again, for everybody on the call, if you have questions, feel free to put them in the chat box. If you're here on the live call, feel free to raise your hand. If you're watching on the live streams on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, feel free to put the questions there. We'd love to have you participate. This is Probate Weekly. We do this every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Just a real quick promotion if I can. Uh, I have a Facebook group, Probate Experts on Facebook. No cost, we have over 2,500 members there. Great place if you have questions about particular states, if you're looking for referral partners, if you're looking for attorneys, obviously uh, 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 Trust and Will can be one of those. Um, but also we find consumers go there as well. And I've seen agents jumping in and helping answer questions and helping move them along the process. So I'd love to have you participate uh, there as well. Um, okay, so the, Talk about a little bit about you guys were at easyprobate.com when I had had met you and started working with you. Now trustandwill.com. How do you see that change? And what do you see the biggest change in that going forward? How is that going to, if any, in any way, change how you offer to clients going forward? Because I don't yeah. think there's much chance for overlap in that you're not going to get a customer you do a probate for going to be a trust and will client, most likely. It doesn't seem like very much of a match. To me, it well, might be yeah, it's not. I mean, people think that a will avoids probate. That's the biggest issue. I mean, wills, I won't say they're useless, but a trust is so far superior to a will. So a lot of people, we have had customers do a will with us and then they end up needing probate and then they come to us. Mm. Um, as far as easy probate into trust and will, the biggest thing is we just have far more resources at trust yeah. and will. Um, we're a very well-funded company with some really amazing backers um, and partnerships with, I mean, American Express, ARP, um, Bank of America. So the amount that we can offer folks in terms of support is, is just uh, incredibly, um, it's just much better than it was. And then the, the amount of money we have for marketing, for growing and scaling our service um, is much greater. We have an in-house legal team too. So it's, it really allows for us to, to grow. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm so interested to be involved with you guys, because I know you have tremendous resources behind you. My son-in-law runs the tax department at a wealth management company, a regional company here in, in Santa Monica, Gerber Kawasaki. If you go on CNBC, you might know Ross Gerber. He's one of those Tesla stock guys. And uh, Trust and Will was like their referral partner when people needed a trust they would use that as like an official relationship is on the website and such and so i knew of them but when when they acquired easy probate i did more research i realized well yeah that's that doesn't even register on the list of partners like you have some big aarp was one you said you guys have some big partnerships as a company some big resources you're very well funded as a venture uh, capital company with with some real money you just did around i think a few months ago as well so it is big and i think for all of us here in the call i don't think it's so much about where they are today is where they're going to go and let's pay attention and learn and and grow together um 
we did get a question from Roger. I think I can answer this one that customers that do trust with trustandwill.com, again, that's a different division he's not, uh, Connor's not involved with, but your company doesn't really do trust administration. That would be a specific attorney that would be a trust administration attorney, or, or do you guys offer that? We do not. No, that would be separate. Yeah. And um, uh, this is a common one. So this is the most common thing, I think, as a real estate agent opportunity. And again, this is not Connor, this is his partners in the other division. But I think you can see kind of how related these two topics are, because to me, trusts and, trust and wills are the ultimate lead generation for probate business, gets us involved with those attorneys. The uh, question is, people open trusts and forget to put the real estate in the trust. Happens all the time. And I think for us as realtors, the opportunity is to make the referral, not just to the company, but to be involved with the customer, to come back and say, okay, you opened your trust. Did you did you record it or not? We have relations with title companies that get the recordings done, or we can go online and get the public record. And then this that's what I do. I show the customer, hey, I see you got your trust completed. And by the way, here's a copy of the recorded deed. So you now know that it's been done. It's really important to, to follow that through. Now, Connor, you guys, in, in probate cases, the classic is we have the trust. We forgot to put the property in the trust. Do you guys handle those kind of cases in California? We call them Hegstead petitions, or is that something that is specialized? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. Hegsteads are tough um, because the judge gets to decide if the person really meant to put it in the trust. Um, pour over wills are a great way to, we, I've seen that work a few times. Um, so through our attorney partner in California, we'll take on Hegstead petitions. You will. And so uh, is that a $5,000 fee or is that a... That's just, that's just, yeah. So actually that's not bad for a Hegstead petition because they can charge a lot more. Uh, I think that uh, what we're talking about is in California, there's a rule that says if a, a person um, intended to put the property in trust, but didn't, well, how do you determine that? And there's different legal standards and, and documents and, and some make it more clear and some make it less clear. But as Connor said, at the end of the day, the judge decides. And I've seen judges decide you know, ones that you thought there's no way, and the other ones that you thought for sure uh, they they won't do. So I don't think there's a hard and fast rule on that. That's why you need an attorney to help you with that. And so definitely if you have a trust, somebody passes, as in California's a Hegstead petition, and other states there's other words for it. I don't know another state that does that. In my experience, other states absolutely don't even touch that. Same. I've never heard of anything besides California's. Welcome to California, as I say all the time. <laughs> Makes it interesting. Okay, I think I picked up all the questions. Um, any last questions? If you want to network for your information in the chat box, Connor, anything I've missed? What would you, for people who are open to working with you, but they're a little nervous, I think that it's only right. You know, when we have a listing, that's my income. That's how I get paid. And to take them to an attorney, we, we fantasize. I take it to an attorney, I'm going to get 10 listings back. It doesn't really work that way. Um, but at worst, you, you, you help a client open probate and perhaps the deal falls apart because they're not happy or you don't yet have the contract signed. So what would you say to encourage somebody to give you guys a try next time they have a customer that needs to consider filing a probate? Yeah, um, I mean, please do send people to the free consultation link. Um, if there's anyone in this call who's got a lot of, you know, um, like probate customers they're working with, feel free to drop your name in the chat, your email, I'll reach out to you. I think, you know, at this point, we've been doing this since 2016. We've done over 4,000 probate cases, which we like to say is more than any law firm in the country. And with the acquisition about a year ago, 
we are just much more well-funded. We have an entire legal team whose full-time job is going through every state and county that we work in, understanding the process, the paperwork. And then behind all of that is just a rock solid um, guaranteeing company that will really make sure we can do everything to get you appointed. And if you, and for, for, if for whatever reason, it's our fault that we can't get someone appointed, like the paperwork is rejected, then we can honor that with a refund. And have, I've seen it happen. I've seen you guys do that a, a couple of times where it might not even been the company's fault, but for whatever reason, you guys are pretty quick to make customers happy. And uh, so that's been my experience. So I feel very comfortable. Look, I feel very comfortable. I'm really proud to see what you guys have done. And I really look forward to working with you. So I appreciate your time with us today, Connor, here and, and, and time as always. And, and for the rest of you, if you have questions, obviously you can reach out to them or come through me, but more glad to make a, a connection. Um, I, I, I've referred them clients. I am a, uh, a client in the sense that I'm an administrator and they're my uh, service, my attorney of record, I guess, technically speaking, uh, on a case. So I feel that comfortable in working with them and I encourage you guys to consider the same. So Connor, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, Bill, thank you for having me. This was awesome. And again, uh, he's on the East Coast, so he's coming in a little late. So we really appreciate his time and such. And then for the rest of you, this is probably weekly. We do this every Thursday. 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We live stream it, stream it on YouTube, Facebook. I'm glad to help if I can with any questions. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm on social media at Bill Gross EXP. Feel free to check me out there. Come on my Facebook group, Probate Experts. Ask questions, participate. Love to have you guys help us there. Thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic week.